0: Again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid South Wrestling Television Review podcast. This time, looking at Mid South Wrestling television from February 26th, 1983, as originally taped on February 16th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the Great Brian Last, and joining me, like he does each and every week for this journey through wrestling history, he's your friend and mine. From booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike, another action-packed week of Mid South here for us.
1: Another action packed week. We got our buddy, uh, Buddy Nichols back in the saddle doing a little commentary this week, but still going to be a fun episode. Nonetheless, looking forward to getting into it. You know, these last couple of episodes have been good. You know, we had some Andre mixed in there and then we had some stuff with Hacksaw and DiBiase. And it's just things are starting. to, You know, we, we've we gone through some changes, I think, in Mid-South in the last few months. And, you know, we're we're just progressing right along. And who knows? We've got some other stuff cooking that we haven't gotten to yet as well. With two and the stalker and all that other stuff. And man, fun times, fun times. But let's have fun with this one again, Brian.
0: Well, let's get going right away with this one, Mike. Let's get right to the open. Boyd Pierce with Buddy Nichols from KALB in Alexandria, Louisiana. He's the sports director. He was here last week, introduced by Bill Watts. He's going to join us for some matches this week. Let's hear the intro.
2: It'll be headlined by a Tag Team Match as the Mid South Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, in the ring to battle Mr. Rassing number two and the Junkyard Dog in a non-title match. But we know where these four ever entered in the ring or outside the ring, a lot of action should ensue in that one. Tiger Conway Jr. is here, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, also the Rugged Kamala, the Ugandan Warrior. They'll be on the card. Our guest commentator we welcome back, a man who made a great impression on all of us in the wrestling fraternity last week when he was with us, Buddy Nichols, a fine sports director from Station KALB in Alexandria, Louisiana. We're looking forward again this week, Buddy, to your expert commentary.
3: Well, boy, I sure appreciate you putting up with me last week. I really enjoyed it. Glad to be back again this week.
2: Good. We'll be hearing from you later. You recall, on January the 5th, here on Mid-South Wrestling Television Network, a tremendous grudge battle between Chavo Guerrero, the former junior heavyweight champion of the world, against the self-proclaimed gorgeous Gino Hernandez. It was quite a battle, and we're going to join the final moments of that match right now.
0: Well, there it is, the open of the show. Buddy Nichols, very happy to not only be there, but be in the opening shot so we get to see him at the desk, and no surprise if you've been listening the last several weeks, another opportunity to show that Gino Hernandez left town and let them show that he lost, and last week Watts buried him on commentary. I've said it before, I'll say it again, Mike. There was something going on with Gino in the office at this period of time.
1: I don't want to say I no-sold it last week when you brought it up. It didn't hit home as much last week, if you listened to last week's episode, but when you watch this week's in the opening, what you said makes a whole lot of sense, because not only did he bring it up, but then for no reason whatsoever, But the only reason I could find that maybe they would want to show this again is because it shows Chavo is strong.
0: And he isn't on his TV tape. To be fair, he isn't at this TV taping.
1: Good point. Good point as well. But you're right they show Gino losing and like, why else would you show it in this match being from where, when it can, it just, there's, yeah, it's apparent that Watts is not happy at all. And let's just re-air this. So yeah, you, you made a good point last week and this kind of drives it home a little bit more. We then go
0: from that to our opening match, Tiger Conway Jr. versus Sonny Rogers with Rick Ferreira as the referee. One note I had was the yellow kid, the kid in the yellow shirt. He's kind of mugging for the camera for the first time in a little while at the beginning of the match. Buddy Nichols mentions that Tiger Conway
1: is in beautiful aqua blue. Any thoughts or notes you have about this match, Mike? Tiger Conway is in beautiful aqua blue. Tiger Conway (laughs) will eventually win with a spear to the head off the second rope. The kid with the Pittsburgh Steelers shirt that you have hated for quite some time now. He's mugging for the camera. I've actually kind of noticed it a little bit. I just haven't been bringing it up uh, lately. He's going to mug for the camera for a while longer. So get used to him if uh, if you hate him, Brian, last. But other than that, Tiger Conway wins, and that's all I have.
0: You think that kid, like, in 1984 is watching TV and like, man, who's that guy in the Dr. X mask in my seat? Who's that guy mugging for the camera? That's my seat. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's kind of where the Dr. X guy was sitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, if 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 my memory's correct, he he was sitting kind of there in that general area for sure because we saw him throughout those years, for throughout that time. But maybe so. You know, I just think poor, the poor little fella. I say poor little fella. What if he listens to this show, Brian? What if that guy is listening to this show nowadays and we're talking about him and you're sharing your hatred for him? No, I'm just well, kidding. I, mean,
0: I don't hate him. That's twice you've said I hate him. I don't hate him. He is somewhat yeah, annoying true. at times, but I do kind of get a kick out of him.
1: Look, you know, you got to think, man. I don't know about you, but I was like in a shot on the news a few times as a kid. And it was just kind of cool at that age to be like on TV. Now, not not doing anything. I mean, it just so happened I was just a bystander that the camera shot caught. But, you know, he's at Mid-South Wrestling and he wants all his little friends to know. And I'm sure he's talking about it at school on the schoolyard. So he's just having fun and he's yucking it up, I guess.
0: Tiger Conway wins with a headbutt off the second rope. Any other thoughts or notes?
1: Nope, I don't have anything else from this one.
0: I don't have too much for the next match either. We get the Louisiana State champion, Hacksaw Duggan versus Tony Torres with Alfred Neely as the referee. Hacksaw Duggan wins with a spear. I didn't have any other notes. Anything from you, Mike?
1: Are you, like, getting into my computer?
0: What can you say about that match? There's nothing to say about that match. No disrespect. Anymore. I'll say one thing about that match. Duggan slamming Tony Torres looks great. Because Torres is a smaller guy, and Duggan can get him up really easy and just throw him. I mean, it looks great, the body slam he does to Tony Torres. I will say that.
1: Yeah, Torres is a short guy, and he's he's very, very small. So when Duggan does anything to him, it, it looks really, really devastating, which it should. Because, I mean, he's just this little guy, and Duggan's just manhandled him. Not, not in a bad way. I mean, in a way that looks good. But I'm with you, man. I mean, there's not much to talk about. And again, you got Buddy Nichols on commentary, so there's nothing to talk about. He's the sportscaster calling it hole for hole like he's watching a wrestling match and Duggan's dominating him. And that's all there is to really say. We then get our next match Kamala with general Skandar Akbar and Friday
0: versus Mike Bond, Rick Ferreira as the referee. Bill Watts is back on commentary here and he has a lot to say. Why don't we play this? We'll talk about it on the other side because Bill Watts has a lot to say, but also this starts as Kamala versus Mike Bond. It turns into something very, very different when Tiger Conway jr. Comes down. Let's hear this.
3: Thank you, Boyd. I think Buddy Nichols, sports director at KALB-TV in Alexandria has done a fine job, and I'm glad to be able to sit on this. This man's a monster. Kamala is a monster. Even Andre the Giant couldn't measure him. And we saw two weeks ago when Kamala and Akbar chose a chance to get at Andre from behind and really attacked him. We understand that there's going to be some serious fines coming down from Charlie Lay and the Rules Enforcement Committee of Mid-South in Tampa as they review this film. But Kamala has created a war that one Killer Khan also attempted at one time, and he's disappeared from the wrestling area. Andre the Giant has the same heart as his frame and his size, 7'4", 485. And I know that night I was looking into his eyes as he picked me up and I was just barely hanging on my toes and he was screaming at me about what he was going to do to Kamala, and I don't take anything Andre the Giant says lightly, and Kamala better not either. Mike Bond out here is taking a brutal beating from this man. a man, the Junkyard Dog, and Wrestling 2 have said that they've got to stop. They've got to stop him. Akbar seems to come up with him. I don't know where he finds him, and of course this man, he doesn't control. We don't really know who the man behind Kamala is. We know Akbar, with his oil money, has him leased But Akbar certainly used him to just completely devastate his opponents. The guy has got tremendous agility for his size and mobility. He's savage and he he just knows one thing. That's go get him and just annihilate him. And Mike Bond has taken two massive splashes from that 385 pound frame. And that's another victory for the great Kamala and Akbar and them in the ring. Kamala doing his Victory ceremony and his man Friday moving him out. Tiger Conway is coming to ringside. Tiger Conway has just ballged over the top rope there.
1: Hey, Mr Blackbar, get over
4: here a minute.
3: I'd like to tell you
4: one thing let me say what I have to say. I have the one thing to tell you, Mr. Skanda Akbar. the only reason I came to Mid-South area is to make, get in this world, the tough world of professional wrestling. And I want to go right up against that Ugandan warrior right away. And I want you to know it, and I want everybody else to know it. I'm issuing a challenge. Right now, at any time you want it, against your Ugandan giant, if you'll accept it. Cause I'm ready for you and your Ugandan warrior. Am I hearing right? You want to wrestle Kabbalah? Why, you little monkey, I'll send you back to Houston with your tail between your legs, boy. Well, you heard that challenge.
3: It looks like we're going to have a battle right right now. now. Tiger Conway Jr., he dropped Kick Akbar out of the ring, and that's a good move, getting rid of the general. And he has jumped Kamala, trying to get to Kamala before he gets out of the blocks. But Kamala's awesome. Tiger Conway. He grew up at Street Tough. And it's rocking and rolling in these days. But look at Kamala. Look at Conway. We could have a surprise battle. I know what Tiger wants. He wants to try the toughest. If you're gonna make a name for yourself, it's a long, hard road starting at the bottom. I guess he figures he's gonna make it or break it by starting at the top. But he started against a man that even Andre the Giant has been unable to beat. <laughs> They're trading blows, just standing there toe-to-toe, no finesse, just animalistic instinct. Instinct of the survival of the fittest. Now Kamala's starting to take the measure. This man Kamala can absorb a lot. Remember, he just had a match out there, so it's like taking two matches back-to-back. And he's against Tiger Conway Jr., one of the tough youngsters in the wrestling profession. Maybe Tiger's mouth is overloaded. His body Tiger got away from it, but Kamala right back on him. Tiger's trying to move out runner. Now he hits him with a drop kick, but Kamala just seems to absorb him. He's like a patent tank. Just keeps taking firepower and keeps on coming. There's Hacksaw Dugan and Dugan just speared Tiger Conway. The referee called for the disqualification. And Conway fell on the floor on his head. Ricky Ferrara saying a disqualification. Dugan just came out of the clear blue for no reason. Apparently seeing on the monitor that Tiger Conway had challenged Kamala and Dugan upset over last week's bout with Conway. And Bill
2: will be back with tag team action after this word from Mid-South Wrestling.
0: Okay, Michael, a lot going on there. I guess the first thing I should say is I didn't realize that Tiger Conway and Kamala became an official match, but Apparently he didn't. Conway won via DQ because he gets his hand raised. Jim Duggan obviously runs in with the spear, but let me know what you think about this whole thing. Obviously Akbar with a little bit of a racially charged promo, but then Tiger Conway versus Kamala, other than some really bad drop kicks that Tiger Conway throws, this is really great. The crowd is into it and he's going punch for punch with Kamala. He's doing the same kind of chops when Kamala does the jump in the air. I don't know what to call it. The split that he, when he jumps, it's not really a leapfrog because no one's running by. Conway does it also. I really, really like this here.
1: Yeah, my I had a similar note. The The main thing I had was this match gets started after Akbar's racial tone promo where he, good Lord, he called Tiger Conway Jr. a monkey and to run back to Houston with a tail between his legs. They start fighting, they being Conway and and Kamala, and you got to give Conway credit, man. He's, he was in there. He's holding his own against Kamala. I mean, it's not a squash, and I point that out because – We've seen Kamala so many times over the last year. He gets in there and he squashes people. It's nothing. No, Tiger Conway fought back and he gave him a, he gave it back just as good. And then psychologically and from a psychology standpoint, Kamala doesn't defeat him. Not only does Kamala get DQ'd, but it takes Duggan coming in there to spear Tiger Conway to end this match. So... You know, there's something to this, man. I mean, it, he, Conway's booked strong here in this this little short match. And when
0: Duggan does that, he runs in. And it's kind of interesting how they do it because he's just in the corner. He's like in the ring for barely a second. Hits the spear and then he's gone, but he gets right in Conway's face. You don't know what he's saying, but you can tell he's saying something. And what you're led to believe is this has nothing to do with Akbar and Kamala. This is about Duggan and Conway Jr. Because we already know that he doesn't like Akbar based on everything last week. That's a good point. The other thing I'll say is he also calls, uh, Akbar also calls Conway Jr. a boy. So it's not yeah. just a monkey. It's monkey and boy, which is, gee, there's monkey. the difference between 1983 and 2019 right there.
1: Yeah, he says monkey, boy, tail between the legs, all the the words that we all know what he's saying. I mean, come on. But he's a heel. So this is what they did to generate heat back then. It's not going to happen now. But you make a good point that I didn't point out. When Duggan comes in, he doesn't see, he doesn't talk to Akbar. He just, he goes right past them as they're in the corner, gets in there, tells Tiger Conway something, walks right back out. Doesn't, does, he doesn't even acknowledge Akbar and Friday on the outside. He doesn't acknowledge them one bit. He just knocks out Tiger Conway Jr. And then slides out, comes to the back, yells something at Conway, heads to the back. And that was it. So from a standpoint of what we've talked about with Duggan and this whole maybe bad blood with the Rat Pack, because Akbar got involved with the Rat Pack and all that, you're right. It doesn't look like he's really helping out Kamala, although he does. It looks like he's just trying to send a message to Tiger Conway, and and that's that. We go from there, that match and that
0: big angle, to the big tag team match. The Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Wrestling 2 with Alfred Neely as the referee. It's amazing that Alfred Neely's up and moving after last week. It's also amazing he refereed Jim Duggan's match earlier in the show, considering Jim Duggan's one who threw him to the floor last week. But he's here once again. Let's hear a little bit of audio Bill Watts calling the opening moments of this match. Talking a little bit about the previous match to wrap that thing up. And also some notes about someone we saw last week. Didn't have a name, but now he's given a name. The Black Ninja, Kendo Nagasaki.
3: But It makes no difference with the contestants in the ring. Well, the people knew this was going to be a Brook They were standing from the moment the men started out to the ring. And Albert Neely almost got his face knocked off just getting too close you can't give instructions to these guys this is war a non-title bout so nothing's at stake except pride but pride is what motivates every great athlete and you got four of them out there the crowd going two 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 and they were rocking and rolling to jyd's music calling them ted and sue ted and sue when they were talking about Dibiase and matt Bourne. ted and sue ted and sue of course i'm still a little bit Mired in that previous bout when Tiger Conway came out like a brave young man and made a challenge, wanted to make a name for himself. And he fought, faced the most awesome man possibly to ever walk on Mid-South's turf. And then Hacksaw Dugan, the man who just doesn't care. He just is an enigma. He's I don't know what turns him on or off because he just picks up time and just seems to attack people. Hacksaw Dugan came out of nowhere and speared Conway. And Conway had to be helped from the ring a little bit shaky in between during the commercial break it was a disqualification so it goes down on a record as Conway won the match but we all saw that in that incident he certainly didn't win the war but wrestler 2 will show you how to win the war i guarantee you he's a winner you can say that with a capital W and that man on the other side, JYD a man who's caused so much controversy and of course a lot out of this match on October 27th, JYD forced to leave for 90 days and then Staggerly in two on December the 8th in another big match against D.B.I.C.M. Born. when Mr. Olympia had to take his place and Mr. Olympia had to leave for 60 days. And Mr. Olympia will be back right here next week, and I know he's got a bone to pick. And, of course, March the 21st in New Orleans, the big one-night tournament for the North American tag title. A lot of big names in that. Chavo Guerrero, Tiger Conway Jr., Mr. Olympia, and the Black Ninja... Kendo Nagasaki. We found out who the individual was who made that ceremonial challenge last week, and he is here and will be up next. And of course, April the 16th, downtown Superdome time in New Orleans. Lots of big things happening. There's going to be a big Brass knuckles tournament in Houston this summer. Paul Bosch and Peter Burkholz are so the of that. Right now, you've got a battle going. And these people haven't sat down. Look at them in that background when you see that high bleacher section there up and DiBiase's hollering and screaming. We will have the black ninja, Kendo Nagasaki, with his spokesman, J.J. Dillon. Lots of things happening. Oh, Matt Borden came in, but two. Look at two J.Y.D. No wonder, people,
0: that's a smooth team. Well, there you hear it, Mike. Some opening thoughts from Bill Watts. A lot going on here and a lot of information he's disseminating about the Mid-South North American title tournament, the Superdome, the Kendo Nagasaki video with J.J. J. Dillon, and, of course, this action-packed match with four main eventers at Mid-South Wrestling taking place in the background the whole time. Any thoughts about the opening minutes of this match?
1: I mean, every, you heard everything from Bill Watts right there, so I don't want to reiterate it. I mean, he's really being descriptive, talking about everything going on. You know, Kendo Nagasaki, uh, which we saw with that. He he briefly mentions what happened when JYD was sent packing, and then and then Olympia was sent packing, and the big match is coming up for the North American title. But the one thing I did want to say that doesn't may not come through as as well on the audio because Watts is being very descriptive on other things. Is first couple of matches in this episode, you know, the crowd was kind of like, ah, eh, you know, yeah, t- yeah, Tiger Conway versus Buddy uh, Sonny Rogers, Sonny Rogers. That's right. Things are kind of slow at the very, you know, beginning, I'll call it at the episode. Man, when this match gets going, this crowd was ready to erupt, and they were into this thing, and they they, they were ready after a, kind of a slower start to the episode.
0: Let's get a little more audio here, because there's a lot of things that Bill Watts is trying to summarize, and obviously he doesn't have those Buddy Nichols matches to reinforce these points, so he's going to do it right here. There's still something hanging in the air from that promo last week with the Rat Pack where. Hacksaw Duggan questioned any relationship between Ted DiBiase and Skandar Akbar. The Cowboy has some stuff to say about that. Let's listen to this.
3: But you saw also one of the most awesome teams two weeks ago and Andre the Giant and Mr. USA Tony Atlas, and you saw the attack by Duggan and the attack by Kamala. And of course, you saw Duggan last week. Ask DiBiase if he had anything to do with Skandar Akbar. And DiBiase denied it, but I still think there's a smell there that's a little bit rotten. I think DiBiase just saw that that had upset the big hacksaw, and nobody wants hacksaw upset. Oh! Came out to say the dog had intentionally thrown Debias over the top rope. If that had been true, that would have been a disqualification. But that's a judgment call, and Ralph really didn't see it that way. Daly's a good referee. He gets in some tough predicaments. Tremendous little businessman up in Arkansas there, and he loves to come down and be on Mid South Wrestling. Does a fine job of promoting in the summertime, Nashville, and the Queen. and He gets into some controversies. I would not want to be in the striped shirt out there in this match because there's no way that you're going to enforce rules and regulations in this bout.
0: Well, there we hear a little bit of audio, of course, talking about last week with Hacksaw Duggan questioning Ted DiBiase, but also about businessman Alfred Neely.
1: Yeah, he says that's good. You know, he's, he, I, I love how Watts also explains how Alfred nearly has to make some difficult decisions in there. I mean, he's talked about it before. You know, as a referee, it's very difficult and you've got a lot going on, and sometimes the referee uses discretion. So I, I like how Watts kind of just reminds us there about the discretion because of, you know, sometimes it's hard, man. You got four guys you're trying to manage, they're fighting. Things do get a little out of hand, but for the sake of the match and for the sake of wanting to have a clean winner, if at all possible, the referee will use discretion to make sure that nothing, they don't just call a match because of one small infraction. It's got to be something major. And watch the thoughts on Duggan and Duggan questioning DiBiase last week and the thoughts on Alfred, all the thoughts there on Alfred Neely. Just really good stuff right there from from Bill Watts. I thought Watts was good on the call, and then we're about to go into another soundbite where he's he's good there as well as everything is starting to break down.
0: Well, things really break down at the end of this match, so let's play the audio, and anything that's not explained, we'll explain it on the other side.
3: Maybe I see two. Oh, and Ralph Neely, how can you... Oh, it's breaking down now. And wrestling two really connected on the... Hacksaw Dugan, Hacksaw Dugan and he's spared. wrestling two from behind, he's going for JYD now, Tiger Conway, Tiger Conway got there, Tiger Conway got there and he waffled Hacksaw Dugan with a chair, but is there, and Agbar's on the scene, this is a battle royal, DiBiase climbing back in. And Wrestle 2 needed calling for the bell, but the bell's not the important thing. JYD just waffled. Oh! JYD waffled. The ball and DiBiase had loaded the glove, and when he went for JYD, blocked it with that chair, and DiBiase felt it. And Wrestle 2 back up. And a Red Pack put on the run. And there's you another pack right out there in the middle. And right now, they're king of the hill. And that JYD helping up... A, Alfred Neely. And Neely raising their hand. There he is. And look at that crowd. You're getting a standing ovation. Two, two, two. Tiger Conway and JYD. A
2: tag team match. that turned into a gang war. And we'll be back when action resumed after this message from Mid-South.
0: This is great stuff, Mike, because it's so complex only because of the timing everyone needs to have. And at one point, I think Matt Bourne kind of saves it because Jim Duggan set up for the spear on the junkyard dog and Tiger Conway's supposed to make the save and hit him with a chair before he does it. And it looks like they get there a little too early. So Bourne goes and grabs the dog by the eyes, which gives them a little, another two seconds. And it sets up the spot. And then it's one thing after another with DiBiase punching. I'm going to let you describe it. There's so much happening here. I really, really like this. And the fans are obviously really into it. And another... Alfred Neely, crazy bump to
1: the floor. That looks brutal. Good God, that bump he took, man. DiBiase runs in him full steam ahead and just nails him with like a tackle, basically. And Alfred Neely just, he flies out of that second rope, the side of the ring. He just takes this massive bump again. Just, God, Jesus Lord. Alfred Neely just, he's got to have bruises to this day on him. Uh, you 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 caught something really good there. I do think Tiger Conway was late coming in with the chair, cause Dog turns around and Matt Bourne grabs him and starts raking the eyes. And I think Matt Bourne's telling him, man, I'm just grabbing you because Conway may have been late on that. But you're right. Tiger Conway comes in, he uses a chair on Duggan, who was about to spear J.Y.D. J.Y.D. then gets the chair and he he starts having batting practice like he's a member of your favorite team, the New York Mets. He clocks <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah he clocks kamala who ran into the ring also tiger conway jr and jyd and wrestling Two send the rat pack packing and it's important to note alfred neely he never saw really any of the shenanigans for the most part because he took that massive bump to the outside and i really love bill watts right there on the call Watts has this thing uh, I, I think at least he just you know does it for emphasis but he's like the rat pack the rat pack sent packing kind of I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but it's just he he loves uh pumping it up like that. And look, the fans, all of them. I mean, I say all of them. Ninety percent of them in this building, they are enjoying this. And when they saw what went down with these three guys sending them them packing, they enjoyed it. Good stuff. Lots of moving parts. Lots of difficult moving parts. But you know, they covered really well for what looked like Tiger Conway Jr. being late, but. Oh, oh, one other thing before I forget. So when JYD's having batting practice, he's got the chair up and DiBiase had the glove loaded. He's like, oh, I'm about to end this, you This know? is
0: great. This was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, so DiBiase loads the glove and as he's getting in, as they, JYD's got the chair and okay, we're like, all right, DiBiase's about to get him. Well, when DiBiase goes <laughs> throws the punch with the loaded glove, J.Y.D. blocks it with the chair, so DiBiase punches the chair. If you ever thrown a punch, even at someone's jaw, that crap hurts your your wrist a little. Let me just put it like that, along with your knuckles. But man, if you hit a chair, like an old-school solid chair like that was, that's got to hurt. So DiBiase flops and sells that well, too, and he's on the outside holding his wrist. Just really good stuff all the way around, man. That was a good moment there that really doesn't get described by Watts. But overall, very, very good ending and segment as the baby faces get the upper hand.
0: Coming out of that, we go to the desk where Bill Watts discusses the Black Ninja's entrance last week via motorbike and also shoots to a video from Florida of J.J. Dillon narrating some Kendo Nagasaki footage while he talks to Barbara Cleary. Let's hear this audio right now.
3: Oh, boy, last week... Just prior to the taping, Mid-South received a message for JYD to watch the back door when he went to the ring. And he has friends, too. They've seen a lot of the things that's happened. And Tiger Conway, Jr., in wrestling, too, stationed himself by ringside not to take up for him because they realized, as everybody in Mid-South, he can handle his own battles just to make sure this mysterious threat, he wasn't outgunned or jumped from behind. And through a cloud of smoke on a motorcycle came... An apparition out of ancient Japan. A Kendo warrior. And made a ceremonial challenge. Well, naturally, uh, Grizzly Smith got on the ball and it wasn't long in coming. Because from Florida, J.J. Dillon sent word that he has been hired to come to the Mid-South area. He's going to enter the ninja, the black ninja, Kendo Nagasaki, in the big tournament in New Orleans, March 21st. And let's listen to J.J. Dillon, and let's watch Kendo Nagasaki. Ladies and gentlemen, Kendo Nagasaki.
4: the mysterious face of kendo nagasaki in the specialized uniform that those who have ever traveled to the far east to the orient would recognize as the uniform of the kendo warrior you see the war plates about his chest you see the specialized plate across his face you see the kendo stick but don't for one second doubt that Kendo Nagasaki is specialized only in the art of Kendo. He is proficient in Jiu Jitsu. He is proficient in Judo. He is proficient in Karate. He is proficient in Taekwondo. Every type of martial arts known to man, this man has at one point in his life specialized. Now you mentioned that Kendo, all of the Oriental arts, Jiu Jitsu, Judo, Karate are all primarily defensive and that is what makes the black ninja unique because kendo nagasaki so proficient in each and every form of these arts is the first man to my knowledge anywhere in the world whose mental attitude was shaped that it was no longer a defensive procedure but became an offensive procedure and as a result This man had stripped from him his high degree of black belt in karate. He had stripped from him his high degree in judo. He was thrown from the sumo stables and not allowed to come back and perform because of the people that he hurt. He entered the world of professional wrestling. He has been to Europe. He is barred from Europe. He is barred from England. He is barred from many places in the world. He's the most devastating thing that I have ever, ever seen.
3: Well, we heard J.J. Dillon, and now let's go to the ring and in Reeserbaden for the first appearance in an actual contest on Mid-South Wrestling of Kendo Nagasaki, the Black Ninja.
0: Any thoughts, Mike, about that video of Kendo Nagasaki in the ring demonstrating his Kendo stick techniques while J.J. Dillon talks about the purported background of Kendo Nagasaki?
1: I say this all the time. It's all about perspective. At this age that I am right now, when I'm watching this as a kid, I I did not seen stuff like this, you know, wasn't exposed to it. So as far as I knew, when, you know, he's over in the Far East training and he's a master and he's, as J.J. Dillon explains, he is proficient in basically every form of the martial arts. I thought, well, this guy means business, man. This might be trouble for J.Y.D. So that's what I thought. It's funny watching it now in a way because you hear the music in the background and then J.J. narrating. And, man, J.J. looks so different right there than, you know, you'll remember him then in 85, 86, 87, 88 when he's, um, you know, on Saturday night on TBS. It's this is really weird sometimes when you look back and, and watch some of the stuff, how fast and how much some people change in a matter of time. And, and I say that, I don't know when that, that video package would have been made. I'm assuming it's made around the same time, but I, I don't know. As I would I say, say
0: 1982.
1: Okay. In Florida. Okay, so just 82 and then you, you see how much J.J. kind of changes in, in just three or four years. Uh, his look at that is, at least to me, at least that's my perception. So that's kind of where where I was thinking. It's, it's an interesting, I guess, video package with the music playing in the background. But again, you're like, whoa, this guy means business. He knows every form of martial arts. And when Kung Fu theater is on every freaking day, or every every weekend you're that's what i was thinking as i as i watched that i was like these kung fu guys mean business so you know i know that's not how it's made to, not to how we look at it now but in the perspective of that time frame that's how i looked at it
0: when you're watching nothing but shaw brothers films it's easy to think that but <laughs> we get this match kendo nagasaki the black ninja versus joe stark with rick ferreira as the referee bill watts explains a little bit here at the beginning about what exactly a ninja is and i think i should point out there's a famous interview that Bill Watts did with the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. I think it was 1991. It ended up being a very controversial interview. But in it, one thing I remember is that Bill Watts talked about reading the Book of the Five Rings, which is a famous book. I have that book. It's a martial arts text. And makes me wonder if he had read it before he does this introduction here or if it's something he read afterwards. But let's listen to this right now.
3: Referee Rick Ferrara is holding Stark in the corner as... Kenjo Nagasaki, the black ninja. And ninja, I understand, is an art of stealth, an ancient art of fatalities or killing or death. A, the man that is a ninja must be fully versed in many facets of the martial arts, and this is one of them, the kendo stick. breastplate other ancient armor some of these some of these uh, martial arts go back so far many many years but they also represent endless hours of training and dedication he spits something from his mouth i don't I don't know if this is a kabuki-like situation. He's got a ceremonial-type haircut there. its uh, I understand the ancient samurais that were ninja. But all this has a meaning to their belief in their religion. Joe Stark facing this man. He do- oh, he doesn't waste any time. He cracking down. Oh! Oh! Awesome. Thrust kick. A devastating thrust kick. Well, I'll tell you, that was fast and sudden, and Rick Ferrara knows to get out of there, Boyd Pierce. That was, I'm stunned.
2: And Kendo Nagasaki, the Black Ninja, makes a successful debut here on Mid-South Wrestling. We have tag team action coming up after this word.
0: Well, let's stop it there, Mike. Kendo Nagasaki wins with the thrust kick. I feel like if you never saw Great Kabuki, Kendo Nagasaki is a lot more effective. But if you have seen the Great Kabuki already, it is tough to watch Kendo Nagasaki and his mannerisms in the ring and the mist and a little bit of the paint on the face and not think he's doing a ripoff of the Great Kabuki.
1: I think you nailed it. Oftentimes, it's the first person you see that you have the memory of as being the original. They may not be the original, but it's the first person you see. And I'm going to give you an example. I know wrestling fans who saw the Midnight Rockers before they saw the Rock and Roll Express. And I've literally heard people say the Rock and Roll was the knockoff. And I'm like, nah, you got that wrong. But I point that out because you just nailed it. If you've seen Kabuki first, you're like, oh, he's a Kabuki knockoff. And that's sad, but it's kind of what you feel when you see him. So, And we saw Kabuki first, so we kind of thought that when we finally saw this. You asked me in the last week about, you know, you think Watts pulled the Audible because, you know, Kabuki and Gary Hart left so quick and they had to bring in Kendo. I I was like, yeah, you know, I can see how you tie that in. Now I can sit there and tell you, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Now that we're to, to this week's episode.
0: Coming out of that, we get our final match this week, which means Buddy Nichols is back on commentary. Kelly Kaniski and Marty Lundy versus Tim Horner. And Art Cruz with Alfred Neely somehow up and awake as the referee during this match. Time runs out. We don't get a finish. I don't have any other notes. Any notes or thoughts from you about this match or as we wrap up this show this episode?
1: No, Buddy Nichols, like you said, he's brought back to do the matches that don't matter. And I think the fans recognize this because they start clearing out of the, of the building. It's, uh, it's like, all right, it's time. And you can see them. They're standing up and they're filing their way out of the bleachers as this match is going on, which is kind of sad, especially when you think about Marty Lundy's in there. But, yeah, I don't have anything else. Time expires before we get a finish.
0: Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review. It's going to be big in the next few weeks. Mr. Olympia comes back, a new North American champion, a lot about to go down in Mid-South Wrestling. But before we get there, I want to remind you, you go follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. Go follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at Super Podcasts, and of course on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike? How can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory?
1: Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. And please come check out Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast at tinyurl.com bttpod. Or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We drop shows on Thursday night and on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. Thursday is our NWA show. Sunday is our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recaps. It's a lot of fun. It's unprofessional. The jokes are terrible. We're not politically correct, but myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner have a great time on that show. Another fun week of Mid-South Wrestling, Brian. And you're right. We got some stuff going on in these next couple, next month or so is going to be fun. Let me, let me say it. Not that any other month is not fun, but new things happening, and some things paying off, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the
0: Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills... The menace to society. I'm the great Brian Last. Tally ho!